0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Let the church say amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Let the words of my mouth And the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation. And all God's people said "Amen." amen. I remember being so startled when I heard this word. Holly and I had been graced with the opportunity to make pilgrimage to Israel and we were at the top of a mountain called Masada where there was a fortress in which the last of the Jewish rebellion were held captive. And the place at which they decided that they would not be taken as slaves so they ended their lives and at this holy site for the people of Israel this word nearly knocked me down from a little boy about three or four Running towards a grown man, he cried out in that childlike voice, Abba, Abba. And I hear that word in our scripture for today when we cry out, Daddy, God. It is The Spirit of God, bearing witness with our spirits, that we are children of God. Amen. Now, I, 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 um, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful truth with which we live. And, 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 and sometimes I think we short ourselves in this truth. I, 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 I think we do. Because I think we haven't plumbed the depths of the meaning of this truth. Father Jacob at at the Abbey of Gethsemane wrote a book that has become pivotal in my life. It's called, Who Told You That You Were Naked? It's about the fall in Genesis. When God is encountering Adam and Eve and Adam says, We were naked, so we hid. And God said, "Who, Who told you you were naked? And in this book... Father Jacob asks us to consider three pivotal questions. The first is, who are we? God's children, right? So so as God's children, what do we have? Everything. Paul names it in this passage, we are joint heirs with Christ and is not all of creation at Christ's command and disposal and as joint heirs do we not then have everything and if we have everything father jacob's asked us to consider what do we need nothing don't we say that when we read the the 23rd psalm The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Eugene Peterson led me to translate that for a Texan. God's my cowboy, I don't need nothing. (laughs) So this passage from the middle of my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, Tells us that we are God's children and we are heirs with Christ provided that we suffer with Christ now I had to look that one up because I wanted to know what that meant specifically and 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 that word is to say to used to say, to join in suffering, to assume one's share of suffering, to suffer together. And so as I, as I thought about that, as I wrestled with that, as I prayed through that, I've come to this conclusion. It's not that we should suffer physically for the salvation of the world because that was accomplished on the cross. So the things that we suffer physically are not this suffering. It's that we should suffer sacrificially for the salvation of the world. One of the ways that we're learning to say that is that we should lose more sleep over the reality that not everyone in Beaumont knows and experiences God's love than we do about our own religiousness. We should be more engaged in loving this city with the heart of Christ than we are worried about our own religiosity. That is, and for the life of me I'm, I'm confronted and I must confess that I believe this of, of myself and, and, and largely of the church in North America that where we are challenged most to live more faithfully as sacrificially to join in this suffering is with our money and with our pride. And we're working on that. And we're growing in that. Janie, You constantly challenge me to grow by picking hymns I've never sung before. (laughs) Thank you. Though he giveth or he taketh, God his children ne'er forsaketh. His the loving purpose solely to preserve them pure, And holy goes so well with this passage and you did that on purpose I know I wouldn't have picked this hymn I've never sung it before (laughs) you ever hear that come out of a preacher's mouth we've never done it that way before I'm gonna get back to the notes because I have just launched off into deep water too deep for me and gotten in more trouble than I have in 11 months as one of your pastors today is Trinity Sunday and this passage is chosen by the lectionary choosers particularly because it names God as Trinity and there are three things that I discovered in 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 my consideration for this, for this sermon. And the first is, if one talks too long about trying to explain the Trinity, one will end up in heresy. That's what one writer said. So here are the things that end us up in places of misunderstanding that the church has called heresy about The triune God denying the threeness of God we know God as Father Son and Holy Spirit creator redeemer and sustainer we we know this in Scripture and in the tradition and experience of the church the second is denying the oneness of God that three are one mystifies us but we know it in our bones to be true the third is denying the full eternal divinity of Jesus Christ some say he was just a a good man a prophet and that at some point in time he gained this divinity scripture and tradition of the church says he is fully divine from eternity The third is denying the full humanity of Jesus for Christ's sacrifice on the cross to be effective for the salvation of the world. Jesus had to die as each of us will die. The the, the last one that I've discovered is denying the full divinity of the Holy Spirit. We believe in, 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 in this triune God and it is distinctive in all the world religions to say that three are one and three are separate persons of one being. And the clearest, most concise statement is the Nicene Creed that was forged at the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Constantinople. In the fourth century and we'll recite that together later the most important thing I know about the Trinity is that we name it as sacred mystery that which ultimately is beyond our mental comprehension but not beyond our experience that which we put in the place where Paul wrote to the church in Corinth At the end of the 13th chapter that says now I know in part now I see as in a mirror dimly but when the complete comes I shall know completely even as I have been completely known and that's where I finish with this passage an understanding of God as Trinity God knows us completely and God loves us completely, through and through, who we are and in spite of what we may or may not do, God loves us and God has chosen to be with us completely. And it is my prayer and I believe that it is God's dream for our congregation that in our faithfulness we would in fact love this whole city with the very heart of Christ. And in doing that completely, I believe this passage will be true for us completely and holy, just as God intends to perfect us in love and to keep us pure and holy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.